We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective, as always. I am your host, Brooke says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable, and I'm a columnist as well. You can read those articles on brooktalksamerica.com. Make sure you connect. You can find all of the social media outlets on there. And if you'd like to partner and be a sponsor with the show, let me know. I have my co-host, as always, Colonel Jim Warshuk, former, former Deputy Director for Intelligence at U.S. Central Command. He served on the White House National Security Council and is currently the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. So they will be doing oversight on the elections, you can be sure. His articles are also now on Brook Talks America. So from Hot Topics to History, you know the deal. You can be sure if it's happening in America, I will be talking about it. You can listen to archived podcasts of this show on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. And also I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. Colonel Jim is on Wednesday mornings at 5 a.m. Both are on this station, Salem Media Group on AM860, The Answer. Um, Jim has his article up. This week, which is about the Beirut blast, it says Beirut post-blast security scrutiny may turn to Hezbollah weapon stores. Very good thing if that happens. Uh, this was just incredibly sad. It looked like a nuclear explosion. Did you know that the uh, the explosion is the equivalent of 1,100 Oklahoma City-sized bombs? So that gives you an idea. Uh, you know, there are lots of people dead, lots of people still missing. One of the things that's the outproduct of this is that Hezbollah and Iran are probably going to be in big trouble, which is a good thing. I understand there are protests. You can read that on the website, brooktalksamerica.com. So let's get to the jelly people. Uh, we're joined today by Terry Kempel, who is the co-founder and president of Protect Our Children Project, which he co-founded with his pastor, Ernie Rivera of Bell Shoals Baptist Church, where Terry is an active member. He's a successful businessman who's traveled all over the world as a president of an information technology company and closed the business to go into full-time Christian service. Um, you probably remember his that he ran for Hillsborough County School Board. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't win. That would have been better if he was in. Uh, he served as the chairman of the Community Issues Committee at Bell Shoals Baptist Church, which is a great uh, committee. He's the executive director of Christian Coalition of Florida, executive director of Right for Life, Florida, and ED of STAND, which is an evangelical outreach to students to promote sexual abstinence uh, until marriage. Um, his with the the press, the uh, Protect Our Children's Project, the mission is to protect our children's innocence, privacy rights and quality of education by supporting the family and encouraging uh, com- community involvement. His focus is on the sexualization of our kids in schools, and really, it's hypersexualization everywhere. So, with that little bio there, I'd like to welcome Terry to the show. Thanks for coming on, Terry. Brooke, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to reach out to your listeners and to share some of the things that have been going on in our community. It's really pretty frightening. And just a little bit of a slide, real quick. When you look at the riots that are going on around the country, who are the ones that are really leading those riots? They're young college students 
who were brought up in the same schools that our kids are being brought up in right now. And if we don't do something to change the course of those schools, our kids, maybe not yours, maybe not mine, but our kids in general are going to be those rioters 10 years from now, and we need to stop that. For sure. They're totally being indoctrinated in some really serious stuff, which we're going to get into. So the URL of um, your website is pocp.org, and I believe it will be up on August 20th. You already have a Facebook page. You can find Terry at Terry at TerryKempel.com, Terry with a Y. So, you know, I first thought about having you on my show because I saw you speak at the ATREC about this, you know, this project that you're talking about, and I was it was very disturbing. I have actually been talking and writing about this stuff for years. In um, you know, advance of this show, having you on, I put a couple articles on my on the Facebook page for the show. I recommend everybody go read them. I believe that the ultimate goal of the the G Mafia, and I'm not talking about normal gay and lesbian people. I'm talking about the G Mafia, which is the activist mafia and the T mafia you can note see what that stands for is the normalization of pedophilia i firmly believe that the next letter in the alphabet is going to be p look it up it's you know it sounds crazy i reference all in my articles all of this with facts before we get into it i want to play this little audio of melissa harris perry talking about how liberals leftists look at kids we have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. Now, there's a saying, it takes a village to raise a child, but there's a contra saying for that, which is, I've seen the village and I don't want it raising my child. So I just wanted to preface our discussion with that because I think it really gives a clue on how they look at what we should be doing with children, in which it brings you into what you do, and they they want to put this in the curriculum. So tell me about your organization and, and what you're working on. Sure. Uh, first of all, I want, to, I want to just say a quick shout out for Pastor Ernie Rivera. He's not actually the pastor of Belchers Baptist Church. He's a Presbyterian pastor, but he and I have gotten to be close friends uh, okay. in this fight. And his focus is the same as mine to protect our children. And, you know, there are, there are elements in our schools, in our culture. I mean, go to the movies. Well, you can't go to the movies right now, but get <laughs> on the internet, you know, look at the video games that are just sexualizing our kids. They're making sex as if it were nothing. The TV, the TV shows, I mean, the rating systems, etc. I mean, it's all going the wrong way for our children because they've gone from a healthy uh, view of sexuality. I graduated from high school in 1964. We were certainly not angels in 1964, but it was certainly a lot different than, than it is now. Back then, the major crime was smoking a cigarette in the bathroom. Today... The major crime is having sex in the restroom at school and then doing a video of it and sexting it to your friends. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, it's just craziness, book. And unfortunately, it's being led by these adults who have an ulterior motive. They have an agenda. And, and that agenda is, I, I, I agree with you that the next step is pedophilia. Actually, I was just told, and I haven't had a chance to go look yet, and I'm not sure I really want to, but there's a, I'm told that there's a 170-page guide on the Internet right now that teaches 
people about how to enact pedophilia acts or however you want to say it to groom kids for pedophilia. It's just, it's really sick. Yeah. No, and, and it, look, I know that anybody that's listening to this and, you know, everybody knows people who are gay. I am not talking about that. I'm talking about these activists are even maybe, maybe, you know, I'm giving them too far too much credit. They might have good intentions is that, oh, they don't want, you know, they say kids who are gay commit suicide and everything like that. That's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the activists that are, they're so subversive. And I wonder if it's part of a communist mentality. I don't, I don't understand how that goes together, but they want, it's part of the ultimate goal, you know, and you're a Christian, the ultimate goal or the first goal, really, is to undermine Christi- the Judeo-Christian founding of the country. When you can do all that, then you can do all of these subversive things. But it is a fact. For anybody who's balking at the notion that this is an idea, there was a conference a few years back there that they there was a group of psychologists, psychiatrists, who literally talked about that they want to destigmatize pedophilia. Maybe they have a good intention. I don't know. But if there's anything, first of all, that should be stigmatized, it's that because the destruction that happens, right? But it's also that this stuff is going in the curriculum. When the when the the um the marriage passed, gay marriage passed immediately because they already had it drafted you talked about that about the pedophilia thing they already had it drafted and immediately went into the curriculum so it's not too much to say that this is part of an agenda of sexualizing the kids and why would you want to do that if not for that reason right well if i i'm going to say that's part of the reason look i'm not going to say it's the sole reason because it's really uh, i think that the whole let's say the communist agenda, and I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, etc. No, it's true. But the whole agenda is to break down the family, get rid of God, uh, and and in that way really uh, soften the kinds of resistance that would normally be available to to oppose that kind of ideology coming to our country. And and it is in the schools. I mean, it's in the schools now. So there things are being hidden from parents. Uh, there, There are I'll just give you an example here locally. Pasco County Schools, biological boys and biological girls are alert, allowed to share the same bathrooms and showers if the boy says he thinks he's a girl, she can he can go in the girls' showers, and if the girl says she thinks she's a boy, she can go in the boys' showers. Most parents don't even know that that exists. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it's it just snuck in under the radar. The kids are desensitized. It's to prepare them. It is to groom them sexually for, it could be pedophilia, it could be sexual trafficking, but, but the whole thing is, is meant to break down kids' normal, uh, intrinsic uh, recognition of the value of their own bodies and, and, and just break that down and get rid of those inhibitions. Yeah, and the, the irony is that, and this is why I call liberalism a schizophrenic ideology. The same people that talk about my body, my choice, and body autonomy, and 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 actually the feminists who fought for Title IX stuff, they're the ones that are that are going to be hurt by this. Why would you? Because one of the things that's that's a byproduct of this is that boys, biological boys, can compete in women's sports. You fought for women's sports, and now boys can compete, and they're dominating because they have more testosterone. How does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. And here in Florida, I'll bet you that one in a thousand people may know about this in the state of Florida. 
the Florida High School Athletic Association, probably 900 schools in Florida belong to the FHSAA. In the for specifically starting in the 2019-2020 uh, policy guide that they send out to their schools, schools have to allow boys who say they're girls to participate in girls' sports. That's just ludicrous, as you said. And it's not just testosterone. It's the muscle structure. Yeah. It's the length of bone. Strength. I mean, uh, it, uh, and, and just, <laughs> I mean, it's killer. But you, so there, uh, weightlifting. Let's just take weightlifting as an example, right? So fortunately, in the professional weightlifting, they were trying to make this happen. So there was a man who went into the – said he was a woman, went into the woman's he, the heavy heavyweight weightlifting, and he took, he took all the titles. Well, the, the, the chairman of that uh, organization stripped him of those titles and said, you know, biology is what rules here. And that's what, what it should be in our schools. It should be, if you're a boy, you're a boy, and if you're a girl, you're a girl. And no matter how much surgery you have, how many uh, harmful hormones you take, you can't change that. XX is XX, and XY is XY. Yeah, no, and, and it, I'm glad that I heard about that case, and I'm very glad to hear it. And, and there there was a Connecticut case, I think, where a couple of girls were suing. There was a wrestler, I think it was a wrestler, uh, or fighter, no, it was a fighter, a trans, you know, I think it's really a mental illness, but whatever, they call it transgender. Uh, mm-hmm. He crushed the, the face or the skull or whatever of the opponent and was bragging about it. Why would you want your daughter? I mean, I would never ever let my child compete a daughter compete against someone who is bigger and stronger as a boy i just wouldn't do it and i don't understand these supposed feminists you know and what happens is crazy is that the feminists who actually speak out are so cowed into submission i mean i've mentioned this before martina navratilova uh, complained about this and if anybody would be safe it would be someone like her she actually backed down The cancel culture is the cancel culture, and they don't know any uh, innocence. You know, anybody who goes against them is 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 a is a enemy and a victim. Yeah, and what they've done with this this transgender issue, right? I've always said the smallest infinite minority of people if they can control speech over the smallest population, they can control speech over the the majority of the population i don't think that they really care about these people just like any other minority that the the left claims to care about it's just about control and submission right because you cannot say anything i mean joe rogan he's big enough where they couldn't cancel him but like they tried to cancel him because he's basically you know he's a fighter he's a ufc fighter he was saying you can't have it you can't have boys competing against girls you know and he they tried to cancel him it's like by all the, and the, again, the same people that say they're they're for science completely disrespect the idea of biology. Listen, America, there are two genders: male, male and female. That's it. You may have some aberrations here and there, but there are two genders: boy and girl. You know, and it's it's amazing how the people that claim to be for science can deny something like this. It really is amazing, and uh, you know, part of the the. Uh, danger of this, maybe the, the problem of it is no, it is, is dangerous. That, You're right to use that word. As, but as kids get exposed to it, it becomes normalized. Yep. So you know the schools, 
they set up special programs for kids who identify as lesbian or gay or bisexual or transgender. They give them special benefits, special privileges, special counseling. So that, just in and of itself, attracts more kids to identify that way. And then uh, with all of that and the the cultural, uh, I don't know how you want to say, of of elevating. It's trendy. Because of their sexual choices. Yeah. uh, It it leads kids to do this. So you actually have now groups, groups of young girls in particular. I mean, boys would do it too, but mostly groups of young girls who are coming to their school counselors or to their parents, however you, you know, whoever it is they go to. But as groups, they're coming and saying, gee, we're transgender. Yeah. When the whole uh, LGBT, well, before the T, when the LGB effort was pushing its way through and we were coming up on the issue of uh, the same, the two people of the same sex being able to be married, those of us who are in this battle on an ongoing basis were very clear in saying the next thing you're going to have is uh, people saying that they're the other sex, you're going to have uh, bestiality being legalized. You're going to have polyamory being legalized, and it's just it's just a a, a continuous stream of incremental pushes mm-hmm. to stretch the boundaries of what's right and what's wrong. Well, and you know, one of the things you know, I was reading this is, is the the devil's advocate. They say, oh well, you're just prudes, or you're just that. No, it's that children, especially because they are targeting children specifically. Yeah. Children are there's they have no idea. They don't understand. And if they're, you know, I saw this video. It was shocking to me. And I, we can't really get into it too much. There's the, you know, um, it was a, it was a little kid and the kid was like nine months old or, or 10, something like that. Very young, maybe older, maybe at 18 months or something twerking. They videotaped their own child twerking. Now, you know, I've talked about the, the the trannies and the library and stuff. If it's not about sex, why are you twerking? Twerking is a very sexual behavior. So why are you teaching your children to twerk? I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy. And the thing is, is that, you know, again, this is this is really could be a whole we could have a whole show on this. And maybe maybe we'll we'll, we'll have you back and, and talk about it. But this is. Children have a hard enough time just with the stuff that they have to do that goes along with school. Normal stuff, math, science, English, growing up, the the physiology of coming into puberty and all of this kind of stuff. But to mm-hmm. get them at such a young age, and I'm telling you right now, if you're listening and you're a parent, the reason that they want to get your kids to pre-K has nothing to do with education. It has to do with the stuff that we're talking with Terry about. They want to get your children with the information that they want so that they can control them. It's not for the best interest of your child. There are a few people that might have the best interest on education, maybe. And I'm giving, I'm really doing the caveat of maybe, but they want to control what goes into your mind so that they control them forever. It's not for the best interest of your child. It's for the subversive ideology. Parent, But the problem is, is that parents need to be the parents and not have this stuff. I don't even, I took sex education in school. Why are they even teaching that stuff? Seriously. I mean, that's the real question. Parents should be teaching this stuff, not some bureaucrat or not some weirdo that's in school. Because the stuff that they're teaching your kids in school, please, parents, if you're listening, 
find out what they're teaching your kids. We're getting ready to go back to school if they even do, but they're going to teach it online. You should be watching what your kids are learning. They're slipping all of this stuff in while you're not paying attention. They have you busy with the other stuff. So I know I get on a soapbox, but this is really serious. And, Brooke, that's really part of the focus of Protect Our Children Project. Number one, it is to protect our children, but one of the best ways to do that is to make parents aware of what's going on, not just in your community but around the state and around the country. We have right now three active counties as part of Protect Our Children Project. We have eight more that are waiting for us to get our website up so that we can then have chapters in those counties. And by the time we're done, we're going to have a chapter in all 67 counties in Florida. The objective, again, being to protect our children by uh, supporting the family, informing parents, and encouraging community involvement. Well, I w- we are running short of time. I wish we could, you know, we could do a whole another hour on this, I'm sure. And like I said, we can we can talk about having you back. The uh, the website is POCP.org. It'll be up August 20th, correct? That's the plan. And okay. Yeah, we might even be a couple days early. So, okay, but, well, uh, even better. If it's not there on the 20th, please go back because we are almost right there. And we want you, we don't want to lose you just because it wasn't up the day that you came in. Well, not only that, but you already have a Facebook page up. I tagged you on the yes. uh, article that I wrote. So um, you can go on the Facebook message in there or you can email him at Terry at Terry If you're interested in finding out information and hopefully this can be a nationalized pro- you know, project because it's really we can't let this go any further. The conservative right has been way too complacent on all of these cultural issues. It's what I talk about all the time. This is culture, culture, culture. Uh, listen, Terry, thank you so much for coming on the show, and you have a great day. You too, Brooke. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. We're on AM860, The Answer, Salem Media Group, and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brook Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. We are on AM860, The Answer. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim. And, you know, we really could have a Biden mashup every week because it's pretty delicious. This And it's getting worse all the time. I would normally not mock him because he's obviously seriously impaired, but I don't think Biden is a good guy, so I'm not going to extend him the benefit of that doubt. The reason that he started his campaign was the lie of Charlottesville, which we've talked about this on the show. I've played the clip a couple of times. Trump did not say what Biden said he said, so he's going to be fair game, not a good guy. Anyways, in case you missed this week, the chairman of America's Revolutionary Communist Party, who's a guy named Bob Avakian, has endorsed Joe Biden for president because there's nothing that says I'm a moderate Democrat like getting the Communist Party support, right? Uh, but that's not all the news for Sleepy Joe this week. Let me, let's me let listen to a couple of clips where the ever-woke corn, corn pop drops another racial bomb that the Democrat Party now has to clean up. The first one, this is just stunning, really. I don't, they can't let him even on the tape. 
he's in the basement in sequester, but they shouldn't even let him out. The first one is where he's talking to a black reporter who asks him if he's taken a cognitive test. The reporter's name is Errol Burnett of CBS News. You know, that is not exactly a conservative outlet. Listen to this. Have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President <laughs> Trump, who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental, my physical as well as my mental fitness. Yeah. Very fit. Now, if that wasn't great enough, here's one where he's basically giving away the Democrat playbook at, and the opinion, which I believe 100 percent, which is that Democrats think all black Americans think exactly the same. Yes. And by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. I mean, seriously, can you imagine? So he didn't really get that much heat for the first comment, right? He got, a, you know, maybe a little bit on the conservative side, but the second one was stunning. Now, I have to bring you back to this clip that really started the beginning of this situation, which is where he says this. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions you got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Okay. So this is really a problem for the Democrats. I mean, he really gave away the whole thing. This is how they think. They expect the vote. They don't expect to do anything for it. And you heard, if you're paying attention, that the Democrat plan is to, they already have the black vote. 80, they need the black vote 85 to 95%. I say it all the time. I got to say it again. They're working so they don't really have to do anything or they haven't had to do anything yet. The problem is, is that for them is that people are starting to see what's really happening and wake up about what the Democrats think. But also he's pushing towards the Hispanic you know, population because that's why the Democrats push for illegal immigration and all of this stuff. But the problem is, is that this on top of what is already happening. So apparently the there are polls that show that Biden is underperforming among black voters. He only got 61% of the black vote in South Carolina, right? He need they need 85. So that's a big problem. He also got a wake up call which is that a prominent uh group warned him that he is falling short in outreach of for women to co- for women of color, which is surprising actually because his campaign uh chief is a black woman but interestingly enough there was a um a black woman wrote in in washington post that he should pick warren now this was before the announcement apparently today that he's going to pick either susan rice or kamala he should pick warren aka focahannas he she said biden needs a running mate committed to black lives there's elizabeth warren representation matters but warren's work on behalf of black women uh, americans matters more that was crazy to me But 
this has taken a whole new turn because Biden's co-chair, Bernie's co-chair, Nina Turner, who herself is black, said this stunning thing about Biden this week. She said, it's like saying to someone about this is what she would you know, think about voting for Biden. You have a bowl of mm in front of you and all you've got to do is eat half instead of the whole thing. But it's still it rhymes with spit. That's nice, huh? But at least he still has the communists. So there's that, you know. Um, but speaking of George Floyd, because the. By the way, remember, George Floyd happened three days after Biden said that clip. This is Keith Ellison explaining why he wasn't going to be releasing the body cam footage, which came out this week, because it was leaked from the British press. Um, I just want to ask you one more question on on body cam. Seeing all of us, the nation's been horrified by the, the, the social media video, the the witness video uh, of the killing of George Floyd. But will we see, will we have to wait until trial to see any of the body cam footage that has come in? Let me tell you, Jonathan, I'm a firm believer in transparency and the public's right to know, but a higher priority for me is a successful prosecution. Therefore, uh, I'll consult with our lead investigators and, uh, and I'll say to them, when can we um, uh, release this information to the public uh, and still safeguard uh, the prosecution. And if we can do it before then, I would have no problem with doing that. But uh, I, I am reluctant to do anything that would undermine the prosecution of this case. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up with a little bow here. All of this is for one thing. The election in the November and Democrats need the black vote. I know that sounds simplistic. That's 100% what it is. Biden's in big trouble. He's the candidate. I'm not quite sure how he ended up to be the candidate. I think Jim is probably going to have some theories on that with relation to the investigation in Ukraine, the Russia hoax, the the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. But this is their candidate. So at the end of the day, Biden is their candidate. He's totally has dementia or whatever it is that he has, totally ill-equipped, could never run the country, but he, he barely can run for office, but now he's supposed to run the country. Okay, so he said all of these horrible things. Three days after he said the thing about you ain't black, the George Floyd arrest happened and he died. And what we're, what we're seeing with the release of the, the video this week, okay, they had the original video, and I, I have commented on this and said basically I couldn't understand how Chauvin operated the way that he did and all those cops and he was looking right in the camera knowing the environment that we're in and and George Floyd's died and that was horrible he should not have died with the release of the videotape this week two months after George Floyd died we see a completely different situation still didn't deserve to die but the guy was so junked up on fentanyl and other drugs that it impacted the situation where he was where he was getting anxiety they asked he asked them to put him on the floor he's like six eight he's ginormous they couldn't get him in the car he was complaining before he even put him in the car that he couldn't believe he couldn't breathe he was so high that he was probably having ex delirium excitement so think about everything that has happened since that time okay when the biden said that the george floyd and we have had riots looting Corporate corporations are being bullied. The general population is bullied on one issue, which is race. Okay. You have to understand all of this is happening in context of that, of Democrats 
what they need to get elected, who they have running, and all of this stuff is all tied together. Ellison, in many other cases, the same activists who would have came, you know, Ellison would have been complaining and saying, you need to release the video now. They did that in Chicago with Rahm Emanuel, where there was a shooting of a black unarmed black suspect who was running away and they shot him I think it was like 16 times in the back or something like that they demanded that the video be out and now you have Keith Ellison withheld the video okay so all of this is all about the election you know my feelings about the pandemic that's what I call it that's about the election they're keeping the the us liberal states closed for the election it's all about the election we are being played in a lot of ways you're seeing that the candidate that the democrats have is totally incompetent it's being run by shadow obama shadow government behind it that's the team that's going to run him the and everything is all tied together so you need to understand in context that that's what's going on you are listening to brooke talks america i'm your host brooke says Listening with Colonel Jim, you're on AM860, The Answer, Salem Media Group, and we will be right back. More Brooke Talks America coming up. Recently, the Seattle chief of police informed business owners that they are on their own against rioters. Hello, I'm... Ron Edwards, on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. City governments from Seattle to Atlanta to New York City have turned their collectivist backs to the residents and business owners. The Democrat mayors continue to literally allow the destruction of what were some of the greatest cities in the world. Why? Because of their leftist demonic philosophy that supports the Solonensky instructions on how to literally destroy our republic and replace it with a Venezuelan-style dictatorship with the financial backing of George Soros and other billionaires. The brutal street violence has been allowed because of the presidency of Donald Trump. The good president opposes the fundamental transformation of our republic and is working to build upon our strengths. The president places American interests above the interests of other nations, and that drives the domestic leftist crazy. Recently, the United Nations told President Trump to take federal troops out of Portland. It is now past time for the United States to defund the United Nations and withdraw from it and kick it out of this country. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. And just remember... All the awesome music you hear on this show, I pick it myself. Uh, So it appears that former First Lady Michelle Obama has revealed that she has low-grade depression over Trump, to which I say, suck it up, buttercup. We had had high-grade depression for eight years while your husband was president, so you're going to have four more with Big Papa Trump, okay? That's it. And we have good news on the economy. Even in spite of all the madness, U.S. added 1.6 million new jobs in July, showing the U.S. is in its greatest recovery ever. Now, do you remember when old bumbling Biden said that 
that video had in that video where he said, and very firmly and very earnestly, he says a three letter word, J O B S. Yeah, he wasn't that sharp either then. <laughs> He's not sharp now, but he was uh, not sharp then. But it, oh, Obama put him in charge of the quote unquote recovery summer. There was no recovery summer. But Trump, even in spite of everything, just think about this. So he has the China virus, the pandemic, the pandemic, as you know, I call it the shutdowns and everything that has been happening, plus the rioting and the looting. And he's still doing awesome with the economy. Why? Because he doesn't quit. And what he does, what he understands is that people who have economic, you know, freedom and and thriving are able to help other people. They do well. Other people benefit. Everybody benefits from a great economy. So that's really good news. Uh, no thanks to old the Lilliputian Fausto Fauci, who's still talking about keeping everything shut. And along that line of Fausto, who I think really ought to be tried for treason. I know it sounds serious. I know it sounds hyperbolic, but I'm going to say it. There was a massive international studies that study that shows that countries with early hydroxychloroquine use had 79% lower mortality rate. This is big. We're talking about 100,000 Americans' life. So I seriously cannot with Fauci. He ought to be tried for treason. As I said, what he has done along with praising China, who along with the WHO lied to the entire world. You saw him where he socially distanced his pitch to the uh, pitcher's mound. You know, he's a total joke and he needs to be out of the Trump's orbit. Uh, we have good news. New voter registration in key states. Trump is blowing it out. The Democrats have to know that this is happening. I don't necessarily, uh, they're blowing Biden out of the water. This is according to Axios. Now, Axios is no right-wing conservative thing. So if they're saying it, I kind of, I don't really love the polls, but, you know, it's good. And right on time, because we can't have too much good news, they're saying we're going to have a really bad Hurricane season this year, and also that there's going to be some new plague for children because the Democrats who run the media don't want anything good to happen as long as Trump is president because he will get reelected, which he will. That's a little bit of news wrap up. We need two more hours along that front, but uh, you're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we'll be right back. More Brooke Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, on AM, with Colonel Jim on AM860, The Answer. Let's get right into it. So, Jim, you see, isn't it interesting that the Democrats now all of a sudden are reversing on back to school you know, first it was Cuomo saying that all New York students and now even Schumer. Is, what do you think about that? I think it's a really quick reversal. Yeah, this was just <laughs> almost instantaneous because Trump has been talking about this since day one. Yeah. And all of a sudden the Democrats made a total 180 reverse. And the whole reason is a new poll came out that said over 80 percent of voters want the kids back in school in any way, shape, or form. That got the attention of the Democrats, and that shows when the Democrats hear stuff like that, they have to pivot and turn the other way. 
And of course, that falls right into Trump's hands. And we're going to see how this plays out in the next week. It's, it's August 8th. Kids are getting ready to go back to school, depending on the part of the country you're in. So the Democrats are going to have some explaining to do. And I hope Trump hits them really hard on that this week. Yeah, well, and also, won't that, don't you think that that's going to affect the governor, the Democrat governors that are keeping everything shut down? They're going to have to open up, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is New York, but like California. Yeah, this, this is, this is going to have a major impact and it's going to be an issue in November and people are going to be talking about it. And that's why people are talking about it. The poll was done. Obviously, there's some sensitivity there to it with regard to Americans, and the Democrats just realized they were trumped, so to speak, on that one. <laughs> I love it. You know, his name is perfect for this time, isn't it? It's Absolutely. so great. So, uh, you know, he had the press conference where he announced a bunch of EOs. I, I wasn't really up on that, but he had – he. I know that – or I heard he was talking about it, but I didn't actually hear it. So he was going to – you know, they can't agree on Congress in Congress on what to actually do. The Democrats, of course, want a hundred gazillion trillion dollars and they want to do it pin, you know, pinprick accuracy on what they're going to do to extend the economic relief. What was going on with that? The president's been working on executive orders most of the week and he's and he's put out a bunch of them and he put out two pivotal tweets the way I look at it, one on August 6th and one yesterday. And on August 6th, he said, Upon departing the Oval Office for his trip to Ohio, he's notified his staff to continue working on the executive orders with respect to payroll, tax cut, mm -hmm. eviction protections, unemployment extensions, and student loans. The Democrats were only caring about the Democrat states and cities and trying to bail out the people in those uh, states. And Trump, again, trumped them with this uh tweet and he's going to put this into an executive order and he's going to do it and the democrats aren't going to be able to change that unless they win in november and they get somebody else in the white house who can reverse those so that's going to be another pivotal thing to watch for this week now and you know the thing is is that Amer the rest of the country should not have to pay for bad management by democrats and not only that but they wanted to keep the 600 the $600, they just want everybody to be dependent on the government for them to do st stupid stuff and for the rest of us to pay for it. Now, as I mentioned in your article, it, it was on the, the blast in Beirut, which is just amazing to watch. Uh, tell me what's going on with that. I, I, you mentioned uh, they're going to have massive pro protests and what's going to happen. I think it's going to hurt Iran too a lot. Well, there's massive protests going on today in in Beirut and, and around Lebanon. And the Lebanese people are, one, asking, why was such a large quantity of explosive material stored at the port? And the second thing is they want accountability as to what's going to happen. What's the investigation going to find and who is going to be held resp responsible? They've already gone out and arrested and put on, or put on house arrest a number of people uh, who were, you know, senior leadership who ran the port. But that's that's a key issue, and that stuff's been there since 2013, and that's a long story of how it got there. But the key issue here is who was responsible. Now, Hezbollah comes to mind, and I've been following this for years. I've spent many years working in Lebanon against what Hezbollah is doing. Hezbollah has ownership all over the place. They use the port to, to hide uh, not just weapons coming in and smuggling weapons in, but there's a, lot, a number of us who believe that 
high explosive material, the, the ammonium nitrate, remained there because Hezbollah wanted it there because they were using it to make bombs and uh, transporting it to other parts of the Middle East for uh, use by other uh, Iranian-backed insurgents in the region. So that has to be investigated, and we'll be following that real close. And now what's uh, – yeah, and pray for the people there. You know, Absolutely. it's really, really Absolutely. terribly sad. I mean, I can't even imagine. But um, so what's Trump's strategy in Taiwan? Apparently, Alex Azar, his HHS secretary, is going to visit there. Okay. Since 1979, the U.S. broke off relations with uh, Taiwan uh, at the at the of, behest of the, of the communist government in Beijing. That happened under Jimmy Carter. For the first time in 40 years, the U.S. is going to have a cabinet official, as you said, Alex Azar, visit Taiwan. And there's been a number of uh, bills that the president has signed to enhance relationships with Taiwan. And this is all being done to put pressure on Beijing. Beijing has always wanted a one-China policy where that included both Taiwan and, and, um, Hong, Kong. and, and Hong Kong, as well as uh, Beijing, China. And the effort here is to uh, put the pressure on China uh, and show that we are going to recognize the independent country of Taiwan. And this goes all the way through the U.N. It goes through a lot of different things. We've always had a treaty to support Taiwan uh, militarily. But this is Trump showing his hand and basically throwing it back in the Chinese side. So this will be another interesting thing to watch in the next um weeks and months. Yeah, and just a reminder, folks, that uh, Biden, who is not all there, even when he is there, but he's especially not there now, he was the one that was buddies with China. He was the one that said, they're not bad folks, folks. Remember that? And he has some economic dealings with China. There's no way that this guy is going to have any strength when it comes to China. Now, I want to just flip things around a little bit. Uh, I want to discuss with you, Jim, you have uh, a Democrat doomsday action plan that we've talked a little bit about offline. Now, this is really serious. Uh, what's going on with that? You know, th th what Podesta said about what's going to happen in case they don't win. Well, let's first listen to G. Edward Griffin in his audio uh, discussion about the communist plan for the U.S. Because this fits in with what you talked about earlier and what the Democrats may have in store after the election. As early as 1928, the communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, they calculated that eventually the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps even set against each other in open combat. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their agitators only into the black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, violence, and bloodshed between the races, and they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even children if necessary. Here is a book that I think ought to be in every home library. It's entitled Color, Communism, and Common Sense by Manning Johnson. He joined the party as a young man because he honestly believed that the communists were trying to improve the conditions of his people. He was a dedicated communist and eventually he rose to one of the highest ranks. But after many years, he discovered that instead they were merely planning to use his people in a bloody revolution to destroy America. And when he woke up to this, he dropped out of the party and devoted the rest of his life trying to alert his fellow citizens of all races 
to the true nature of the Communist Party as he knew it to be from the inside. Manning Johnson said, Black rebellion was what Moscow wanted. Bloody racial conflict would split America. You're seeing it here, folks. Talk about that, Jim. If, if you recall from the beginning that it talked about 1928 when that started, and then about 20 years later, G. Edward Griffin made this audio clip and talked about what's going on. Now it's 2020, and we're seeing that played out. And as, as you talked, Brooke, about in your second segment of the show of what's going on the, uh, with, with, uh, with Floyd and what have you, that was the impetus to try to get this going, and that's what's playing out. Now, Podesta talks about should Donald Trump win re-election, and I guarantee you he will win re-election, the Democrats are prepared to burn the country down. And this is these are comments that were, were made in discussions with John Podesta, who was an Obama um, advisor, and it talks about how they're right now they are laying the groundwork with the media and other Democratic operatives uh, with the idea that should Donald Trump win, they're going to have to continue this this revolution, so to speak. And so what we're seeing happening at the hands of Antifa and Black Lives Matter, what we're seeing going on in Portland, what we're seeing going on in, in Seattle, that's the plan of where they want to take us. This isn't going to end with, with the election in either way. Uh, this this is their, their agenda, and this is going to keep uh, certainly Donald Trump busy in his next four years because he's going to have to uh, deal with this and do whatever necessary to stop it. So uh, pay attention to this. Uh, there's going to be more to follow, and we'll be talking about this uh, a lot in, in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, and it's time for us to stand up, okay? So there's happening in Eugene, Oregon, and I want to see that all over the country. It's up to you, America, to save America. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. Thank you, Colonel Jim. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will see you next week. Check out the website, brooktalksamerica.com. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.